Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Today we are talking about celebrating others well. Scripture tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice, but sometimes that's hard to do and we don't like to admit it. Instead of celebrating others well, we find ourselves comparing and competing. We may even struggle with jealousy and judgment, but there is hope. The gospel transforms us and in Christ, we can be people who genuinely celebrate others well. Come join us as we work through this topic. Well, hey, everybody, and happy Tuesday. If you are tuning in with us on release day, we are happy to be back here with you again. Um, This is Joanna, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie, as usual. Hello. So we have a topic today that, man, I think we've probably all struggled with at some point. And it's kind of sad to say that we struggle with this, but Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about celebrating others. And sometimes that can be hard to rejoice with people when they're rejoicing, maybe because we wish that we were in their shoes Mm -hmm. and that can be really difficult. Um, But before we go there, Stephanie, what is your favorite thing to share with us this week? So this is an oldie, but I don't think we actually shared the name of this resource. We've talked about it indirectly um, many times, Mm -hmm. but I used it this week, so I thought I would share the actual name um, to be clear. And it's Scribd. I don't oh, think yeah. we've ever shared this. It's the audiobook subscription that Joanna and I use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. It's $8.99 a month, and you can have access to so many books and audiobooks. And it's literally the best thing for busy moms um, who can't sit down and read a book in peace. Um, yeah. But on our road trip, it was really helpful because I got to read through a couple of books, and then I listened to um, a portion of Chronicles of Narnia with my kids. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, there you go, everybody. Get scribbed. It's seriously so good. You know, I think that we talked about that indirectly on like episode zero. Yeah, like we did. not even <laughs> episode one. I use it all the time, though, and it's awesome because there's not a limit on how many books you can listen to, it's right. just the flat price. And there are so many really good good, solid Christian books mm-hmm. that are coming out now that are on there. So I agree 100%. <laughs> what do you have for us? So, you know, I'm actually kind of going back to basics with this too. And something that we talk about all the time, but I don't think that we've specifically highlighted it. And that's just on a very similar idea is just the audio Bible. Mm, I've really yeah. been benefiting from listening to the Bible, Mm -hmm. um, especially as I'm getting ready in the mornings. You know, this past week, my daughter was sick. I was feeling really crummy and my husband was out of town and we were just trying to sleep as much as possible. (laughs) And now this week, now that we're kind of back to normal, I'm like back to waking up early. Mm -hmm. And it has been so nice to have that quiet time to get ready and even be able to listen to my Bible in the mornings before I even have the time to sit down and study it. So as I'm brushing my teeth and doing my makeup and stuff, and then I can actually do my study time later, but I'm a big fan of the audio Bible. So which app do you use? And do you use a dramatic read (laughs) or dramatized read? (laughs) I usually just use the version app, which is free and it's pretty straightforward. It's not very dramatized. I have occasionally listened to like the Bible.is app and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just gets funny. I'm sorry to say it, but (laughs) they throw accents in there. They have sound effects. Listening to the book of Jonah on that app is hilarious. Oh yeah. I'll have to try that. I haven't listened to Jonah yet, but (laughs) all right. Well, moving on to today's conversation, you know, this topic kind of came about thinking about how we as believers can and should be people who celebrate others well. 
Um, last year, the leadership team in our women's ministry read a book by Jody Dietrich called The Jesus-Hearted Woman. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's an old school book, to be honest. And in that book, though, the author uses the phrase first clapper mm-hmm. to be a first clapper for others. And it's a phrase that has just really kind of stuck with me. And essentially, the phrase is highlighting a leadership quality embodied by Christ um, as he saw people where they were and encouraged them. And, you know, we too can be first clappers or people who truly see others and cheer them on and help them develop their gifts through encouragement and exhortation. Mm. And, you know, I was, as I was thinking through this topic, I naturally kind of thought of the state of our world. And mm. we just see an underlying competitive spirit in all yeah. different areas of life, right? Um, mm-hmm. The workforce, family systems, like how you raise your kids, um, family values, mm-hmm. motherhood with the mommy wars, and and even ministry. Yeah. And this competition is really fueled by the comparison game. And it doesn't help that social media has expanded the battleground for <laughs> comparison and competition. Yeah. And just celebrating others has become this sort of rare art. So we kind of yeah. wanted to discuss it because I think believers should be people who celebrate others well, right? Yeah. I mean, we absolutely should. We see it all over scripture. You know, I think about Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Mm -hmm. So we're actually called to rejoice when our brothers and sisters are rejoicing. Right. And you know, you're so right. That failure to celebrate others well is really prevalent and not just in the rest of the world, not just in the rest of culture, but in the Christian world. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for us as believers to celebrate other people well. And, you know, I see it show up in so many ways and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't see it in myself too, because I do. Um, So you might see this, you know, when there is that person who posts a picture of their beautifully decorated home, or we see someone whose kids seem to have better manners than ours. And our response is something like, ugh, she must be so fake. Or, you know, that classic (laughs) comment. I was thinking back to like when I was on MySpace in like middle and high school and on every like dramatic selfie somebody would comment you're so pretty i hate you (laughs) it's like hilarious (laughs) but it's that idea of oh i i i hate you because you have something good going for you that i feel like i don't and it sounds silly it sounds dramatic but the truth is that i think that we do that Mm. (laughs) in our hearts even if it's not so obviously stated yeah and you know it might show up like maybe you're stuck in a job that you don't love And one of your friends just got their dream job. Mm. And even though you like might pretend to be happy for them, you're kind of asking yourself, how come she gets that and I don't? Yeah. And it's kind of like this bitterness maybe or Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it's not bitterness. Maybe it's just like a true discontentment with where you are. Um, And, you know, I think that this is just such a part of the human heart and the mm. fallen condition. I mean, think about it. You go back to the Garden of Eden and you see Adam and Eve eating the fruit, disobeying God because they thought it was going to make them like God. They wanted what he had mm-hmm. because they thought they could not be content. They didn't have this good thing mm. <laughs> that he had going for him. you know. And yeah. as believers, we want to be people who don't play into that narrative. We right. want to be people who do celebrate other people well, Um, And I, you know, I do think it's important to say that celebrating others well is not to say that we throw out the truth, right? It doesn't mean that we celebrate everything, but we do celebrate the things that are good. And what we mean by that are the things that align with what God calls good. Yeah, that's really important to add at the end there, because the goal isn't to mindlessly validate everyone, right? We don't want to say, Mm -hmm. you're you, I'm me, we're each perfect in our own way. Mm, That's not what we're after here. (laughs) And that's such a huge tendency in our culture, you know, to celebrate everyone and everything Mm -hmm. as long as it makes them happy. 
Yeah. But the problem is that the things that God calls sin, they may bring temporary pleasure or relief to someone who is indulging in them. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that those things are not going to provide the true joy that people are seeking after. And we're not doing them any favors by celebrating those things that ultimately lead to death. Yeah. That's not loving well. And you know, this is especially dangerous when we're dealing with other believers. You know, we are called to help each other grow in Christ likeness. Mm -hmm. And if we validate and celebrate anything and everything, then we may actually be leading believers away from the truth and into sin. And let me tell you, scripture has some strong warnings against that. Yeah. I mean, I know I want to be in a community of believers that will love me enough to mm. admonish me, right? Yeah. If they see sin patterns I I do. in my <laughs> life, <laughs> right? I mean, ideally, this is what yeah. we want. It's, mm -hmm. it's a mark of a healthy church. You know, if there are blind yeah. spot spots in my approach to a passage of scripture, I want a sister in Christ to bring it to my attention so mm -hmm. that I can grow in Christ likeness. That really is the loving thing to do, even though it may be hard and uncomfortable mm -hmm. for both sides of the party here, right? To receive that yeah. kind of confrontation and to give that kind of admonishment. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. um, but the alternative, like you said, is to watch your sisters in Christ continue to sin and grieve mm -hmm. the Lord. And so I think one way of celebrating others well in the context of a Christian community is to help each other grow in Christ-likeness in that way of just sharpening one another and to kind of be after each other's sanctification and to mm. be so about God's mission that, yeah, we're seeing how we can sharpen each other to be more effective tools to be used for the kingdom. Mm. I love that because, you know, I feel like that gives us ways to celebrate each other well along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are working to help each other grow in sanctification, then as we are walking that journey with our brothers and sisters, we can celebrate the ways that we see God working that sanctification yeah. in their lives. And that's the kind of thing that's really worth celebrating. Yeah. And I just think we need to be people that aren't swayed by and participate in unhealthy, sinful comparison and competition. Mm -hmm. And like we yeah. said, this can happen in the church. And in order to be the kind of people that celebrate each other well, we need to have a proper understanding of three things. And there's honestly probably more, but we're going yeah. <laughs> to talk about these three things. Um, mm -hmm. So we need a proper understanding of our identity in Christ, the body of Christ, and what biblical humility is. And yeah. then not only that, we need to live out of our understanding of those three things. So we need to live out of our identity in Christ. We need to live a part of and love the body of Christ. And then we need to live with humility in action. So that's kind mm -hmm. of how we're going to frame this conversation here. Yeah. And you know, that first one that you said, our identity in Christ, that's where we kind of want to land first. And I think that honestly, so much of our difficulty celebrating the success of others is because of misplaced identity. Yeah, And we can place our identity in so many different things. You know, maybe it's being a parent or it's your job or what school you went to or what talents or interests or hobbies that you have. Mm -hmm. There are countless different things. But when we place our identity in those things, anything that's not Christ, it all centers around what we can do. And so our identity then crumbles when we realize that we don't measure up mm -hmm. and we feel like we're not doing enough. So when that's the case, I think what happens is we can actually become threatened by somebody else's success and think that in some way it undermines our own. Mm. And it's yeah. like you said, we're constantly comparing to make sure that we're living up to our identity. You mm -hmm. know, if my identity is in being a great mom if I see an area where my friend is really doing well with this mm -hmm. whole mom thing and I'm falling short in that area, all of a sudden my identity is now crushed because I can't measure up. Mm -hmm. I can't keep up with the others around me. Yeah, so when somebody else's success seems greater than our own, that it tells us that we're not doing a good enough job. 
and it just shatters our identity. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that if we are going to celebrate others well, we first have to be secure in our own identity in Christ. And, you know, we talked about this at length in episode nine, which is called Your Identity in Christ. (laughs) So if you did not listen to that one yet, that'd be a really great place to kind of go back and land. And so basically for those who are in Christ, our identity is completely tied to him. Mm. Our identity isn't based on what we have done, but it's based on what God has done. And it doesn't come from inside of ourselves, you know, how how good we are on our own, but it mm-hmm. actually comes from outside of ourselves. Again, back to what Christ has done, the person and work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not based on all of these temporary things that we tend to strive after and root our identity in, but it's mm-hmm. based on the eternal promises of God. So when we are secure in who we are in Christ, somebody else's successes can't crumble our identity because they aren't based on our success. Yeah. And so we have the most pure and complete success, if you want to say it that way, Mm -hmm. imaginable, because we have the righteousness of Christ given to us. We have his success. We have his perfection given to us as our own. Yeah, so good. And I think that can be a sort of diagnostic marker. If someone else's success makes your self-regard or self-worth kind of crumble, like you said, Mm -hmm. then you may be misplacing your identity. Right. Yeah. And over and over again, scripture talks about our union with Christ, this idea that we are in Christ and he is in us, that we're united to him. And so that means that whatever is true of him, his righteousness, his holiness, his ability to measure up yeah. is also true of us by grace through faith. Exactly. Which is mind-blowing, this incredible, crazy mystery. Scripture <laughs> even talks about it as this mystery Great of mystery. how this is yeah. possible. Um, but, you know, that truth, it really frees us to celebrate other people because it means that our identity does not rise and fall with someone else's success. It's rooted firmly in who Christ is and who he is is unchanging. Yeah. And I think if we really believed that because we're in Christ, we are many things. We're free from condemnation. We're recipients of his grace. We are new creations. We are saints because we are separated because of Christ, through Christ, to himself. We're co-heirs with Christ, children of God. I mean, these are all um, from scripture, you know, like Joanna, you said, the idea of union with Christ is mentioned over like 160 times in the New Testament. So mm, yeah, that's where we're getting all of these truths. But if we believed in them and lived out of these truths, then you're right. We would freely and generously celebrate others. And, and that's the challenge, right? To believe in these truths and to live out of them. They're not just pretty truths that should be put in a pretty frame with calligraphy, right? <laughs> these are realities for believers. And mm-hmm. our reality is that we are loved and accepted by God. And we don't need to look side to side for affirmations mm-hmm. of this truth. And we don't combat comparison with validation. We combat it with truth. Yeah, And, you know, I think a lot of times our misplaced identity can be so hinged on people's perception of us. True. Um, And, you know, I think this comes out so clearly in our need to defend ourselves when we feel like we've missed the mark. (laughs) And I totally do this, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) I was... I was thinking about this, um, you know, when somebody comes over to my house and it's not tidy and clean and presentable, I like want to start rattling off all these reasons why. Mm -hmm. And I just realize I'm thinking, okay, am I letting my identity be rooted in what other people think about me as like a homemaker, (laughs) you know, or how clean I can keep my house? But, you know, I think that what happens is we get wrapped up in this fear of man mm-hmm. um, and we try to live up to the identity that we think that others want us to live up to. Mm-hmm. And really the solution for this fear of man is the fear of God. Um, when we look to him and we look to his word and we revere him and his holiness and we 
work towards sanctification, right, by his grace and by mm-hmm. his spirit. And, you know, when we're focused on following the Lord, on walking in his commandments, we can genuinely celebrate other people because we can actually stop focusing so much on ourselves. Yeah. Right? We can actually <laughs> celebrate other people without thinking about how that reflects on us mm-hmm. or diminishes our own success. You know, I think that sometimes, and I've felt this, and I hate to say that I've felt this, but... I hold back from giving a compliment because I think, well, if I compliment them on that, then that's going to make it seem like I'm not good enough in that area, which sounds ridiculous, (laughs) but it's real. Like it really does happen. And we just have this idea, like we said, that somebody else being good at something means that I'm not good enough. Right. But like we said, in Christ, we are good enough. Yeah, it's just having a misunderstanding of how God's economy works. Mm-hmm. Um, just that if something's good for you, then that, you know, comes at the expense of me or something. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I think you're right. You know, fear of God is the answer to our fear of man. And it's having this reverence and awe for him, like you said, and allowing him to be the object of our worship, not mm-hmm. ourselves <laughs> and yeah. not man's approval or man's praise. And Yeah, so we just want to keep our eyes on him, right, and not on ourselves. Mm. And then we need to have a proper understanding, I think, of the body of Christ and to be a part of of the body in a healthy way. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about this at length on this podcast. You know, we even mentioned it earlier in this episode about how our union with Christ means we are united to others that are united to Christ. And and it's so beautiful. And I love the metaphor of the body because it implies that there are different members and different functions, and all of those contribute to the benefit of the whole body. And this applies to our conversation today because I know I have personally done this. But we can see someone in our church and notice her unique gifts. And instead of celebrating those gifts, we can feel jealous or even have some judgment against her or Mm. hold it against her that she has a gift that we don't have. And we can see it as a bad thing that they have these gifts that we don't have. Mm -hmm. But here's the truth. like It's actually for our good that they have those gifts Because it's for the benefit of the body and it's for the glory of God. So their success is actually our success. Mm -hmm. And when we realize this, we'll understand why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 to 15, says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Yeah, and I think that when we can see God's design for the church here, it is just so freeing, especially in this area of being able to celebrate other people because, you know, I love how I have seen this play out in my own local church. Mm -hmm. You know, we have women in our women's ministry who are gifted in teaching. We have women who are gifted in organization and planning, Mm -hmm. women who are artistically gifted, women who are really excellent cooks. We have women who think big picture and women who are detail oriented. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, this is so good for our women's ministry and it's so good for our church as a whole. And, you know, I could be insecure or jealous because I don't have the same gifting as somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or I could rejoice in the fact that I, as a member of the body, get to benefit from their gifting. Yeah, Like I don't have to be good at all those things because other people are good at them for me. Yeah. (laughs) So I think of 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Mm. And this is this idea that, We rejoice over somebody's success, somebody's um, gifting, because they're part of this one body. We all rejoice together. And everybody can't be good at everything, right? I, I can't be awesome 
at everything that I do. It's just not possible. And so when I look at my women's ministry or my church or the body of Christ as a whole, Mm -hmm. because we have to remember, we are not just part of our local bodies. We're also part of the global church, the entire body of Christ. Here's the thing. I would so much rather have a variety of women who are good at a variety of things than have a whole bunch of women who are all good at the same things and then also all bad at the same thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so when we see our differences and we see those areas where somebody else is gifted in a way we're not, we can celebrate this and encourage that person in that gifting. Yeah. Um, you know, we can call out in that person where you see gifting in their lives Mm -hmm. and spur them on to good works and to serve from that place of their gifting. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Stephanie, earlier, we can help people further develop those places where we see that God has given them a special gifting for the benefit of themselves and for the benefit of the body of Christ. You know, it's like Hebrews 10, 24 tells us to stir up one another to love and good works. And I think that we do that as we see these areas and we celebrate them and we encourage them in people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think back to when I was in high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I considered being a math professor for a little while. So there's that. But I, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't happen. But you know, there were several people, teachers of mine, over the course of my short high school career, I was only at this high school for three years, but who came to me and said, hey, you know what, Joanna, I really think that you should work on your public speaking and that you should pursue opportunities to teach because I think I see a gifting there in you. Mm, And that really pushed me in that direction Mm. and really helped me to see the ways that God had uniquely gifted me to serve others. And I can really look back to those people. I think of a three or four teachers that I had who called this out in me and say that it is in part because of them that I have gone on this trajectory of my life Mm -hmm. with these doors that God has opened for me to go through. And Mm so it's so important that we do that, that we can celebrate others for the good of the kingdom. Yeah. And I think we're all so hard on ourselves that we don't see our giftings as Mm -hmm. clearly as maybe other people do. That's a really good point. You Mm -hmm. know, so I think it is for the benefit of the whole to call out giftings in other people. Yeah. Um, keeping in mind the bigger picture that this is God's mission and it's for Mm. his glory. And we want people to be working in their giftings and um, just walking in obedience to the Lord. So Mm. I think we just need to really strive to see um, diversity as not only beautiful, but vital to the health of the church. Mm -hmm. And it really does give us a fuller picture of God's beauty and his creativity. And mm-hmm. unity and diversity really does put the beauty and power of the gospel on display. Yeah. And we should embrace our differences with the goal of putting God's glory on display instead of comparing and competing with one another. Mm. So I think it's very, very helpful to just have, um, you know, the end goal in mind. Yeah. That's really helpful. And that's a really good point. And, you know, I think that so often we have such a hard time doing this. And it's honestly because we're prideful people Mm, (laughs) and we get stuck in our pride. And, you know, when we are prideful and we're self-focused, we just see this tiny little bubble that we're in. Mm -hmm. We see the world from like six inches around us in all directions, you know, and when we can look and see the big picture, that's when things can begin to change. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever been here, Stephanie, or if anybody who's listening has ever been here, but I sometimes find myself wanting to do all the things. And (laughs) it's not necessarily out of a heart of service, but because I want to look good. Oh, yeah. You know, I think about (laughs) like when we're asked to bring a food item to an event at church or whatever it may be, 
I have had the tendency to try and sign up for like the most ambitious, complicated, (laughs) gourmet thing because I want to make everybody think that I'm an awesome cook when I could have made brownies and everybody would have been just as happy. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, I volunteer to teach or lead everything Mm. so that I can be validated. Mm. Um, And then what happens is I have no energy or resources to do any of them well. Mm. And then I'm not serving well. Yeah. Right. That's I will say this is an area that God has really made me aware of and has started to work on my heart. And mm-hmm. every time that there is a call of like, hey, who can do this? Who can help? I have to stop and evaluate my motives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes that means saying, hey, I can't do this because I'm committed to this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, hey, I would love to help by bringing brownies, but I'm also teaching that night. So I can't spend three hours making Mm -hmm. like some kind of French tart or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I think that it's an area where God has showed me and he's helped me to to grow in that area, but I'm definitely still working on it. Um, But I think that what this silly story shows is that we have a need for humility in order to function well as a body yeah even in our service we can make it about us Um, and you know Mm. i think that as we look at this idea of humility and we look at it combined with this idea that you were talking about with the body of christ stephanie of unity And, you know, I think that as we look at this idea of humility and then going to that idea of unity in the body of Christ that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. we have to realize that these two absolutely have to go hand in hand. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to emphasize, which I do think that we have been saying, is that biblical unity is not saying that everybody is the same, right? It's not that we look the same or act the same or do the same things or have the same interests, but biblical unity is paired with diversity. It's like you exactly. said, Stephanie, it's yeah. this unity and diversity. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we see this beautiful combination of unity and humility that go together so clearly in Philippians chapter two. Mm-hmm. And it starts out, it says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, mm-hmm. being in full accord and of one mind. And so, you know, what we see from these verses is that we are unified around the truth. We're Mm -hmm. unified in one mind and that we are centered on the gospel. We're unified in the love that we have. And that's the love of Christ that binds us together. And Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that it can be very possible that we have nothing in common with other believers except for the gospel. And that is the strongest bond that we can ever have. Mm. And you know, this verse goes on to say, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And, you know, I feel like this is what it comes down to so much, right? Mm-hmm. That we are focused on ourselves. We're focused on our own ambition. We're focused on the way that we look about building ourselves up. But mm-hmm. we are called in humility to look to the good of others mm-hmm. and to be able to celebrate that and hope for that and encourage that and work towards that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gives us this perfect example that we have of this humility. He goes on to say, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so Christ is the perfect example mm-hmm. of this humility. And, you know, our aversion <laughs> to celebrating others really does often come from this place of pride, mm-hmm. right? A place of, cons- of needing to consider ourselves the most significant and wanting others to consider us the most significant as well. Mm-hmm. But when we look to the example of Christ, we see the one who actually deserved to have it all be about him 
humbling himself for our good, for the good of the church, right? For the good of his people. And I think that we ought to do the same. Yeah. And I love that passage because it tells us that believers can pursue unity and operate out of a place of abundance because of what we've received in Christ, right? Mm, Because we have received love and comfort and affection Mm. and forgiveness and grace and mercy. That is why we can live a life of humility and pour Mm. out. Um, Because the gospel transforms us and the spirit sanctifies us to be more like Christ in this way. It's Mm. It's not just our work that we muster up on our own. And I think we'll find that biblical unity will come up against our tendency to compare, right? It'll confront our tendency mm-hmm. to be um, stingy with our compliments towards others. It'll confront our you know, tendency to compare and, and compete. And so we see that unity and comparison and competition, they can't coexist, We can't be self-centered and Christ-centered. And so it's no surprise that humility is actually the most talked about character trait, second to love, in the whole Mm. Bible. And I find that interesting because that just means it's for all believers to practice in daily life, right? Mm. And it's not a weakness. It's not having a doormat approach to life, right? Like celebrating Mm -hmm. others and allowing them to step all over you. That's not biblical humility. It's, mm. Instead, it's willingly laying down our lives and experiencing fullness of joy. Mm. It's understanding Matthew 18, 4, which says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's just having um, our faith and our identity found in the person and work of Christ and then working out of that as an overflow. Mm. Yeah, that makes me think of that verse that's where Christ says, this is my commandment that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Yeah, It is for our joy to humble ourselves for, for the good of our brothers and sisters. And I love what you said about being able to operate out of abundance mm-hmm. because it's so true that we are given grace upon grace. You know, there is no shortage of God's grace to us. It's not going yeah. to run out. His yeah. love is never ending. His his grace to us is never ending. We're not going to be losing something when right. someone else gains from exactly. God. Yeah. Right? He is yeah. eternal and his riches are eternal that he freely gives to us. And But, you know, I think that that's a really important concept to understand that God's goodness and God's kindness is not limited and that somebody else getting his kindness is not going to diminish how much we experience. And I think that's really important for us when we are experiencing some kind of season of suffering, mm-hmm. um, some kind of season where we feel like things are not turning out the way that we hoped they would. Mm. And, you know, I think that humility allows us to celebrate others because a big part of humility is actually trusting in God yeah. and trusting in who he is. And let me explain where I'm going in with this. I think that one of the most difficult times to celebrate other people is when you see them experiencing something that you have longed for, but have been disappointed. Mm, you know, yeah. or maybe it's so hard to celebrate somebody who's in a season where things seem to be going right and you're stuck in suffering. Yeah. You know, maybe it is the woman who's been dealing with infertility or loss of a child who has a really difficult time celebrating the woman who just announced her pregnancy, Mm -hmm. right? Or the single woman who might go insane if she sees one more she said yes photo on Facebook, right? Um, It could be the person who suffers from chronic pain, really struggling to be happy for the woman who just completed her first half marathon. Mm. You know, it can go on and on and on. The woman whose marriage has fallen apart might not know how to rejoice with the woman whose marriage is strong. And, you know, the list goes on and on. It can be big things or it can be small things. Yeah. Um, But I think that where humility comes in is that when we can trust God in humility, 
we can trust in his sovereignty over our lives rather than that pride of needing to control, mm-hmm. right? We can trust in his sovereignty and be content with whatever he sends our way yeah. because we can rest in his promises. And God promises that for all believers, that he works all things together for good. Mm-hmm. And so what this means is that if you are a believer, God is doing what is best for you. Yeah, God is sanctifying you by whatever means necessary, making you more like Jesus for your joy, for yeah. your ultimate <laughs> eternal joy. And also it's a joy that you will taste and experience even now. And, you know, trusting God in humility means trusting that even if we don't understand it, that sometimes God's kindness to us, his grace to us is our suffering. Yeah. And so what that means is that we don't have to live thinking that we are getting the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. We don't have to walk out of the attitude that somebody else's success or blessing means that we're going to be shortchanged. Mm -hmm. We don't need to believe that someone else experiencing blessing detracts from our own blessing. Mm -hmm. So you can be confident if you are in Christ, that whatever circumstances you find yourself in, God is using it for your good. And what that means is that we can celebrate others. (laughs) We can know that for our friends who are believers, God's working for their good too. You know, he works for our good in every season, whether it's a proverbial winter or summer. Mm -hmm. God is working for our good in all things. And so we don't need to compare because it doesn't do us any good. We don't need to harbor (laughs) jealousy because our good and loving God is doing exactly what is best for us and exactly what is best for them. Mm -hmm. God's not like coming over to us for a little while and working for our good and then saying, okay, I'm done with you for a while. Now I got to move over to this person. He works all things for all of our good all the time. And that's a reason to celebrate each other. Because we know that whatever they're experiencing, that God's God's sanctifying them there mm-hmm. in Christ. And we can rejoice and we can worship the God who is able and so graciously willing to work for our best, even when we can't see how that's possible. Yeah. And we understand that that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of mm-hmm. those things you said, I mean, if you're in those situations, don't feel bad if you're struggling um, yeah. there because it is hard. And mm-hmm. I really do believe that that's a work of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That he transforms our minds and our hearts yeah. with gospel truths and enables us to trust him and celebrate others well and celebrate their blessings and rejoice with them. Mm-hmm. Even when we're in um, maybe a winter season in our lives. And, yeah. you know, I know that I used to think that there was never enough good to go around. And so Mm. it really made it hard for me to celebrate others or, you know, to believe that not getting X, Y, Z, whatever it was at that time was actually God's kindness towards Mm. me. And the only thing that moved me past that, which I struggled with that for years, Mm. was when the Lord opened my eyes to the beauty of the gospel and Mm. the beauty of who he was and who I was in light of him. And so... You know, moving forward, you're right. It's choosing to trust God. And, you know, this makes me think of a book that I recently read on my road trip by Mm. Elizabeth Elliott, and it's called Suffering is Never for Nothing. Mm. And our suffering is never for nothing because, like you said, God is sovereign and he is good and he is working all things um, for his glory and our good all the time. Mm And so Christians should live and respond to circumstances differently than the world lives and responds. If if this is all true, right? And we should be people who are noticeably marked by um, gratitude, having grateful hearts, because we trust in God. And I would say that we should be people that are noticeably marked by celebrating others well. And so, Mm. you know, that's kind of a practical tip, right? Choose to trust God. Mm. Um, But we wanted to share some other kind of practical ways that we can actually put all of this into practice. Yeah. And, you know, I think when we're looking at, okay, now what do we do? How do we apply all this? I think the first thing that we need to realize is that if you find yourself struggling in this area, struggling to celebrate and rejoice with others, 
The first thing we need to do is to pray and to repent. Yeah. You know, we need to ask God to reveal to us what's actually going on in our hearts mm-hmm. and to begin to root out that sin that's there. Yeah. You know, that happens through prayer. It happens through repentance and it happens through coming to his word and allowing it to be that mirror, right? right? That shows us our sin and shows us the righteousness of Christ that cleanses us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's first and foremost, the first thing that we need to be doing. But what about like, how do we celebrate other people? Yeah. Like practically, what does this look like? And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I think that one of the best ways to rejoice with people is to ask them about the thing that they're celebrating, Mm. you know, like invite them to get dinner or coffee and ask them to tell you about this exciting thing Mm -hmm. and be intentional, you know, ask them things like, how have you seen God's faithfulness to you in your life as he's brought about this thing that you're celebrating? Um, Ask them what they're most excited about. Ask them what they're most nervous about. Um, Ask how you can help and support them Mm -hmm. in whatever this new thing is. Um, You know, as I was thinking about this, I was just thinking, there's nothing more discouraging when you are like so excited about something and then you get around people, your friends or your family or whoever it may be, and you're so bummed because nobody even asks you about it. Yeah, It's like it's so not a big deal. And that is really discouraging and disheartening because, you know, yeah, you kind of know, I know this is my thing and not their thing, but you want people to be excited with you. You yeah. want people to celebrate. And yeah. so practically, I think just be intentional about asking. Um, and, you know, the next thing I would say is – to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that a couple of really cool things happen as we pray. One, God works through prayers. Um, and, you know, as we pray for people, you know, as we're praying for them in these new seasons, you know, God uses those prayers to work in people's lives. Yeah. But also what happens is prayer for other people changes our hearts too. It's really <laughs> hard to pray for somebody genuinely and be jealous or bitter um, toward them. That's right? so true. God will yeah. change our hearts for people as we pray for them and as we we thank God for what he's doing in their lives yeah, and as so we celebrate true. those things with them. And then the last thing I'd say is follow up with them. You know, don't don't just like do the coffee date and be like, I've done my duty and move <laughs> along, right? No, but like follow up with them. Send them a text like, hey, how's it been going? Um, you know, just let them know that you are there. You want to walk through this joyful season with them, yeah. just like you would want to walk through a hard one. Yeah. You know, I think of people who say that words of affirmations is their love language. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm one words of, of are you? <laughs> words of affirmation yeah. is something that's beneficial for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if it's not a big thing for that someone wants to celebrate maybe they're just leading well i think it's helpful to you know point out that fruit that we're seeing in their lives and just encourage them and celebrate with them even if it's not like a monumental thing you know just celebrate their faithfulness and just the love that you see you know flowing out of them and Mm. some other kind of points that i had is if you do recognize a tendency in yourself to compare and compete with others Um, you may find that you are kind of operating out of a place of scarcity. So I Mm. would say, ask the Lord to open your eyes to the beauty of the gospel. You know, study Mm. his word so you can see and know who he is, his character, and better understand how he works. Because you really will find that his economy is not one of scarcity, but it's out Mm. of abundance. And so I would pray and ask him to help you know that you are fully known and loved by God. And Mm -hmm. I truly do believe that that is when you'll be able to be confident in Christ and then you will be able to be humble in your relationships with others. So you'll be able to generously love others and to celebrate others um, and then properly receive love and celebration in return. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? That might mean that you just need a break from social media so that you can focus on that vertical mm-hmm. relationship. So put up those boundaries and stick to them. Like take away the temptation to look side to side for validation, affirmation, or be tempted to compare and compete. Mm-hmm. And one other practical tip is kind of like what you were saying, try to be more interested in others, right? More than yourself. And for mm. me, this is really about learning the art of asking good questions. And mm. I forgot where I heard this, but something I pray before I go to any sort of gathering is that the Lord would really help me to be a there you are person rather than a here I am person. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And so just having a heart that is more interested in seeing others rather than being seen Mm. And again, I think this is more easily done when we know and believe that we're seen by the Lord. Mm. And there's a lot of heart work that needs to happen before we can genuinely celebrate others. Mm. Yeah, all of that's so good. So convicting, so helpful. You know, I love what you are saying about even just not if it's not just some big event, right? But going to people and like you said, kind of calling out the areas mm-hmm. where you see fruit in their lives. And, you know, I think that we forget just how meaningful and encouraging that can be yeah. until someone does it for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that a few weeks ago at church, a woman came up to me after and just stopped me And she just wanted to tell me that she had noticed an area of fruit in my life. And she told me how it encouraged her. And she told me that she was praying for me. And I just like started crying right there in church. And it's something so simple. It's so easy to do that. I mean, it might feel awkward, but it doesn't take that much to go and say, hey, I saw you in the grocery store and I was just so impressed by how kind your children were. Mm -hmm. And what a way to bless somebody, you know, and it's such a simple little thing, um, but it really makes a world of difference. And it just made me think, start with your family, right? Mm, When you were saying that, I was like, we can do that with our spouses, right? When Mm. do we intentionally point out, you know, the Lord's work in their lives or the fruit that we see in their lives or even in our kids? So, Mm. yeah, we can practice at home. That's really good. I love that. Well, these were all great tips. I feel like I've got all these things just going around in my mind now. (laughs) I have a lot to think about, um, a lot to pray about, I think. Um, And I'm sure that this was convicting for a lot of you as well. And I hope, honestly, not only convicting, but also just encouraging to your heart as you see the abundance that God offers us and how we can how we can love and live out of that in freedom to not live in this comparison and in this constant worrying about being good enough or Mm -hmm. measuring up, but that we can actually come together in unity, celebrate one another, and function as the body of Christ as God intended it. Mm. So we want to thank you all so much for joining us this week. You know, we read lots of scripture passages and we talked about a couple of favorite things. So we will have all of those linked up in our show notes and you can find those at dailygracepodcast.com as well as some other information about the podcast. So feel free to visit us there and we look forward to talking with you all once again next week.